leave meeting. Don't leave the meeting. Welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched the Alf Tales Cinderella, made in 1988, which is the Alf Cinderella. Uh, Liv and I had a slight disagreement about this because we'll get into it, but this is like Alf, the alien puppet guy from the 80s sitcom. Mm -hmm. And the entire time, my brain was like, Alf, it's it's Alf. Why is it Alf? Why 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 Alf? Why Alf? Uh, but apparently, Liv was not as afflicted by the Groom Spectre of I, a weird nose alien puppet. I won't say that I was unaffected. It's just that my brain found something more horrible to cling to. So we had different experiences, but um, they were both bad. And this is the Alf Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, if anybody out there is lucky enough to not know about Alf, um, please leave the podcast. We don't want to ruin your innocence. Please go away. That is a beautiful gift. You should cherish it. Mm -hmm. Whatever we're about to say, like, I think we're pretty funny. I think, you know, this is a good podcast. Otherwise, I wouldn't be making it. But I will, with no ego, say... Not knowing about Alf is just going to feel better than anything we can possibly say. Like, mm -hmm. yes, that's just like, you will be happier. You'll have a better day. So tiny backstory. Culturally, Talon and I were both familiar with the concept of Alf because Alf shows up on the internet from time to time. And Alf is just a hairy puppet that looks like a warthog with a smushed elephant nose. Yeah. Like a Sasquatch? Yeah, like... But with a boot on his face? Yeah, like a small, squat Sasquatch. So, okay. <laughs> In Alf the sitcom, which I am sorry to say is the first iteration of the Alf media empire. Yeah. He is played by a puppet who also is also the guy that voices him. He created Alf. Alf is his guy. Like, he is all in on Alf. He also needs like people to uh respect that alf is a separate actor and no one's allowed to respond to the fact that he's a puppet i'm going off track it's so bananas yep. uh okay it's a sitcom with like a family and they live in a house and also they have like a guy that lives with them who kind of sucks you know the sitcom it's every sitcom but in this case this guy is a puppet and he threatens to eat their cat Mm -hmm. because that's like delicious to him because he's an alien and alf is like a l f which stands for alien life form mm -hmm. um this tv show was geared for adults like it premiered during prime time and it did well but mostly with kids i'm and sorry so i'm so sorry hold, hold back up mm -hmm. so Y'all, Talon did a deep dive into Alf. I did a deep dive into a different part of this show, which we'll get to later. Uh, neither Talon or I had ever watched anything that was Alf related or just like none. We had a cultural sense that, hey, that weird looking elephant watch thing is an Alf. End of our collective knowledge. Are you telling me that the puppet show was geared for adults? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like adult adults? It was on primetime at night, 
actually originally the puppet persona was like more extreme like edgier and had more aggressive jokes originally the joke about the cat involved a microwave like that is the level so so think of it as like family guy like it's meant for adults but kids really into it also okay so what happened from there which I had no knowledge of going into this, by the way. I thought what we were watching was going to be a weird episode of this TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, that they had a Cinderella episode in the sitcom. Mm-hmm. Or, like, it was a weird special spinoff movie. Because at this point, I also didn't realize that this was meant for adults. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it's going to be live action with a puppet. I'm ready. Whatever. It's mm-hmm. going to be mostly people, one weird puppet. It's fine. Uh, that's not what it was because that show was so successful and did so well with kids that they made a Saturday morning spinoff cartoon that was meant for kids. And this cartoon was set in the puppet character Gordo, also known as Alf, in his youth on the planet that exploded before he came to Earth. Uh, the planet so- exploded? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Everybody in this cartoon is canonically dead other than Uh, Alf slash Gordo. And no humans appear in this TV show. And it's just like about his hip, cool life being like an older teen, young adult and like the cute girl he's dating who also like him is a brown alien with a snot nose. Yes. Are you okay? No, they're all dead. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is like if they made a funny cartoon about Superman's parents back on Krypton and all the cool things that happened right before everybody died. <laughs> That's insane. Why? Why did I didn't? I you didn't, just don't think about it. You just don't think about it, and you I just watch it, and you don't ex- think about it. Exploded. I thought he was just on like an extended road trip that went badly. Oh, no, it's part of the plot of Alf that he is, like... Is the the lone survivor of a dead planet? Yes, and also the CIA is after him, and that's why he has to be in the house. He's hiding. Let's talk about this animated monstrosity, because I I don't... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to the cartoon adaptation that happened. So that was so popular that basically while it was still running... It had another spinoff. We are now in the third layer of spinoff. And that spinoff was also animated. And it featured all the same characters from the animated cartoon. But they were just like playing different roles, telling different stories like Robin Hood or Cinderella or like Pinocchio, that kind of thing. And they were like characters playing roles. And that's what we watched an episode of, but I didn't know. I didn't know any of this. So please understand me when I say this is a cartoon. They all, all of the characters look like the elf puppet, but cartoon. But also you're supposed to think that the pretty girl is pretty, but she's an elf puppet cartoon. And like, I. (laughs) This was really hard to watch. We thought we were going to make this through uh, also in a single watch and not have to spend multiple hours rewatching it and taking notes also frame by frame because it was 
so bananas. So um So let's just let's just let's just start. Let's just let's just like I know that this is a big ask, but take all of the information I gave you and just set it aside because you don't need it. Yeah, no, none of that because mattered. Because none of this relates to anything. We, we just... are now watching a Cinderella. So, so we start with an intro where we see Cinderella and we get the intro music. I'm not going to, the intro music is just like splishes and splashes of various stories and my note just says, Alf has no pupils, just black holes in his face. This is terrifying. Oh, yeah. All of them have, like, black eyes, like black sclera, like demons and supernatural, mm-hmm. with little white pinpricks just in the middle. But sometimes the white pinpricks aren't there from certain angles. And then they just have these gaping black sockets into the void. And it is the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's just the thing that you don't think about. And you just set it aside. Mm-hmm. just put it away yeah. uh what they're doing is doing like little flashes of the different things that happen in the elf tales and what things like adventure romance comedy and danger uh, and then we do cinderella mm-hmm. and we start with the animated elf like exactly like he is in the tv show like live action sitcom but just the cartoon version of him, like in his like Hawaiian shirt, like everything. Mm-hmm. And he's just walking through a forest with birds tweeting and in his weird elf voice, because the creator of the elf live action show, who also voiced elf and was the puppeteer and the mastermind behind this, is also the only person to a reprise a character in the show like this is still him like he's all into this you guys like this is canonically okay so the cartoon i need to i can't i can't i'm sorry i'll save it for the after party i'm sorry (laughs) guys we're actively having a breakdown right now i've been having a breakdown over this for a week this one this was just this destroyed us you guys so okay this is I'm sorry, this is all to say that his voice is that Alf voice, and it's very weird and toneless. And so he goes, hi, it sure is a beautiful day for an Alf tale. The sky is blue, the floor is lush, the birds are singing their sweet songs of friendship. Ta-da. Giant bird? Giant bird claws. Like, mm-hmm. like the giant rooks from, like, Aladdin? Like the original Aladdin story? Anyways, giant bird claws descend. And grab him by the shoulders. And he's like, shoo, shoo. And it goes away. But first it says in a super deep voice, tweet, tweet. Like perfectly enunciating it. Yep. And, uh, but like, we're done with that now. So that never matters or comes back. Uh, He continues. It takes place in an enchanted time. A time of magic and music and merriment. A time before you were born. A time called 1962. And like he's been walking through this weird stylized forest and then he gets to the end of it and there's this strange kind of futuristic Grecian mushroom city in the background. And as I watched this at three quarter speed, frame by frame, I noticed that as we pan to the city, there is a sign on the little fence that he's walking past that says, no. And I feel like it was warning us and we didn't know this. <laughs> oh my God. 
So now we're out in front of a yellow house. It's kind of a witchy house. Like it's your traditional super crooked witchy house, top of crooked lane witchy house. But it's all bright and yellow. So it's cheerful. It's like the suburbs from Edward Scissorhands. Like creepy Tim Burton pastel suburb. Mm -hmm. Crooked, creepy house. And he goes, this is the household of young Cinderella Fitzgerald. So I think her name is canonically Cinderella, which I hate. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is what her father calls her, but also I don't, I don't trust that man to know his daughter's name. Nope. Um, He says something's about to happen to Cindy. That'll change her life. All I can tell you is that it involves a man, a pompadour. And here he squeezes a bottle of what I can only assume is ketchup filled with engine oil that says poop on it. And squirts it onto his head and gives himself Elvis hair. And then he finishes his sentence with, and a guitar. And I wrote, oh no, another Elvis Cinderella. Why is Elvis such a big deal? Can we please go back to boy bands? I never thought I would miss the boy bands. I am so over having Elvis in the Cinderella. I just, I don't understand... Is it because these are not two flavors that go great together? Is it because he's the king? Like, it's is it because we call him the king? But that doesn't even make sense. Like, but he's not the prince. It should be Michael Jackson. It should be Michael Jackson. That would that would at least make sense. I do not. I do not want that. To be clear, I don't think we should put this out into the universe. I think we should move on. Okay, moving on. So yeah, a, a weird purple angular guitar flies into his hand and. Someone hands him a guitar pick and he goes, let's rock and strikes a chord on this electric guitar that is not plugged in in any way, shape or form. So it wouldn't make a sound, but that's okay. (laughs) Well, remember, this is not Earth. This is not our human technology. This is the technology of Alf's home planet. I didn't know that we were on a different planet. I didn't know that these people were all dead in a fiery planet wide explosion. I didn't. Okay. It's called Melmac. Why would it be 1962 then? Do they, like, what happened 1962 years ago for them? Does this was, imply, was does Alpha this Jesus imply crucified? that they also have an Alpha <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. If one of the Alpha tales is not the story of the crucifixion, I'm never going to be happy Okay, again. to be fair, and, like, I will get into this in the after party because, <laughs> oh, boy, do I have some things to say about it. But to be fair... The Elf Tales cartoon is not canonical to Elf, whereas the Elf Saturday morning cartoon that's the prequel set on Melmac is canonical. So don't take anything they say in Cinderella as actually being part of what's real on that planet. For that, you would have to watch the Saturday morning cartoon that came first. Moving on. We cut to a spinning record that says tie my shoes by gordo shimway which i guess is Mm -hmm. our elvis prince character that's his actual name that is alf's actual name that has always been his name it turns out okay that at least makes more sense then because i was like that's a weird name to pick out of all the names like you could have gone with pelvis parsley again why why are we going i love pelvis parsley i miss him right so much and we hear what we presume to be Cinderella, a young girl talking excitedly about Gordo's coming visit to Blandville. Mm -hmm. I wrote, you guys, you have to try a little bit. You can't name a town Blandville. You have to just try a little. Fine. 
So she describes him as the prince of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's going to do a concert there. At this point, the camera like pans to the girl uh, laying on the bed, like talking on the phone. And I realized that she is also an elf. And in all caps, in my notes, I wrote, they are all elf? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And so to pass Talon, I now say, yeah, they, they are in fact all elf. As we pan up, we also pan around her room and see that it is just, <laughs> I'm moving on, that it is just covered. I'm moving, I'm not, we see that it's just covered with like Gordo memorabilia. It's got like posters and squishies and little wind up dolls and, and stuff. Okay, to be fair, at this point, we do see that she is talking on a Gordo-shaped telephone as well, which was pretty hysterical. Mm-hmm. And my notes when I realized everyone was going to be an elf was, okay, okay, I guess everyone is going to be elf-shaped. Okay. And because I was familiar with elf, and you guys are familiar with elf, unfortunately. I'm sorry for you guys. But this is a sec- sexy girl elf. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the shape is definitely recognizably the elf species, but um, it, it's it's different in some uh, subtle but horrific ways. She looks like if you shaved a Bigfoot from the top of the mouth up and put one of those handheld sink plunging tools on its snoot. Ooh. She looks like she looks so- like her her jaw has been welded on like she's a puppet, and her jaw has been made from a different type of wood because like from the jawbone to the corner of the mouth. And down, her face is just a different color. Like, it's just dark brown instead of, like... Look, that's just what they look like. Bait. I don't care. I don't... Like, it was so... You you, you shouldn't be species. They don't exist. I can be speciesist against something that doesn't exist. <laughs> I draw the uh, line at she... actual existence. <laughs> so, she kind of looks like that lady from that Twilight Zone episode where all of the doctors are, like, doing plastic surgery on, like, a lady whose face we can't see. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, my God, she's hideous. It didn't work. And, like, a nurse faints. And then they look at her, and the camera, like, pans as she, like, undoes her bandages. And she's, like, a beautiful, regular lady. And she's like, oh, no, I'm hideous. And then the doctors leave the room, and they pull down their, like, face masks and... They have weird face no snoots, and it turns out they're the ugly ones, but they think she's ugly. Ooh. Yeah. So that's what she looks like. She looks like a regular hot girl cartoon character with mm-hmm. just like an alien snoot popped on. Yep. And also they are supposed to be furry, but because she's a lady, she just looks kind of sleek. But please remember that she's entirely covered in fur. Mm-hmm. I wrote she's wearing a blue dress with a pink bow whatever she's still on the phone with whoever she's talking to and she's complaining that her dad won't get her tickets to the concert and then she starts to sing and I was like oh no but it stops it's just a second of singing and then I realized that oh no it's she doesn't have a pink bow in her hair her hair is pink and she's wearing a flesh colored bow <laughs> oh god oh yeah. god say my notes and she pulls the wind-up string on one of her thousands of Gordo Shumway toys, and it says, you're my fur baron, sweetie gal. And, like, I threw up in my mouth a little. She hugs it and sighs dreamily after he says it. 
The song that she's singing along to is a Gordo Shumway classic where he goes, if you treat me bad, I'm going to feel so blue. Come on, baby, tie my shoes. Um, but like somehow worse than that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's yeah. It's we get weird... to hear it a lot. We do. We get to hear more singing in this one than I really wanted to. But anyways, there is a knock on her door. And her dad opens it and he is holding one pipe in one hand and smoking another pipe at the same time. It is unclear if this is specific to him or if this is a regular thing on his planet. He's sort of hairier and grayer than she is. He's less fleshy toned and he has like Groucho Marx eyebrows. And he says, hi, princess, there's someone I want you to meet. And he's wearing like terrible golf clothes, like he's wearing your traditional golfer's clothes. The door creaks open, and um, how do you, how would you describe, I've, okay, my notes go, we see a skinny vulture, hey hey from Moana, but as a terribly aged 70s housewife, the most emaciated warthog, like, her eyes are gray-blue, they're not black, so her, like, the sclera is this hard gray-blue, but the pupil is just this pinpoint of black, and she has incredibly vicious hair she looks she looks like a cassowary oh my gosh uh so she just kind of looks like a turkey like she's got a skinny neck and a small head and she she is also an elf alien but she looks very very shrunken and skinny and Mm. also she's wearing these like half hoop earrings that i thought were just tusks and were part of her anatomy but it turns out that they're just earrings and i'm a species too i i wrote they're either horns tusks or earrings i honestly can't tell she's also wearing a fur coat but also has a fur neck which is fully as long as her head is tall anyways dad introduces her as this is tilly fitzgerald your new stepmother and then like snuggles into her head with his big face parts and she's not thrilled about this and he goes we were just married we cut to cinderella making no expression that's even remotely recognizable because she has three noses smashed on top of each other that are fully a third as big as her whole face and her whole jaw is a separate color and her ears are gigantic so like she's she's supposed to be making like a stunned facial expression but she doesn't have human enough features for that to really translate as stunned i thought it translated well enough i think i'm just more empathetic than you are oh 100 percent, you're more empathetic than i am we've, we've established this <laughs> i'm mm. i feel like if you pull if you put googly eyes on like a tree stump i I'd, I'd be like wow i can feel its emotions my husband once got so close to convincing me that i should cuddle a rock with no googly eyes on it because it was sad and i got nothing from this character (laughs) so anyways okay dad continues "Uh, i saw her in the frozen food section this morning and i knew i had to make her mine cindy's expression is now either aghast or melting and she goes ah this is her signature phrase by the way that was the line we got to we're what three minutes into the movie when we realized that we absolutely couldn't take notes and watch this at the same time so 
this is where we gave up and just watched the movie and reacted together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then the alien father man gestures at Cinderella and goes, this is my daughter, Cinderella. Which, that's like the second time he's called her that. So it is almost definitely her actual name. Mm-hmm. And her new stepmother leans directly into the eye of the camera, basically. Like, we just get a close-up because she's leaning towards us. Mm-hmm. And yep. she, like, squints and blinks a whole bunch. And then leans back to where she was standing and immediately says, I know a plastic surgeon. And then the father, who, by the way, has both pipes in his mouth now, goes, good, good. Say, there's someone else I'd like you to meet. Oh, Janet, LaToya. And the two stepsisters, like, stomp into frame. Their names are, can only be a reference to Michael Jackson's sisters. Like, what? Janet Jackson and LaToya Jackson. Okay, this is not something I knew. Wait, really? No, for real. I Pop culture is not my strong suit. By the way, I have that they okay. thunder into the room with the sound of a thousand wildebeests and the screen goes black as they like trample the father out of the way because we just see him like lying on the ground, like crushed and bleeding. He's not bleeding. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what happens. Who, like, why is that? I don't know. OK, I question out of the podcast universe for a second. I got that these characters were like super black coated. Was that just me? Well, I got that vibe too. And also, their names are Janet and LaToya, like two real sisters who are Black. Okay. Okay. So the stepsisters are now in the room. And I wrote, I honestly don't know if there's enough time in the world to describe these two. Mm Mm-hmm. So. So. (laughs) Yeah. Um, let me, let me try. So I've got the one with yellow hair is wearing like a, a hair wrap that's hiding a stack of dishes. So like she's, she's stacked dishes messily on her head and then wrapped fabric around it. And she looks like a gorilla that fell in a bowl of pudding. She doesn't seem to have the alpha nose, but she is an alf. Like, I don't know. She also has fingernails, which none of the other alfs have, except for these few. And she's wearing like very chunky bracelets and necklaces and very big fake eyelashes. And her voice is very high pitched. And she sounds like she's like one second away from producing the grossest, phlegmiest cough that you've ever heard. Yep. Did I miss anything? Um, I was writing down everything that they were saying so much that I did not write down notes about what they looked like other than they were like very exaggerated and there was like one big one with a deep voice and one smaller one mm-hmm. with a high-pitched voice yeah okay so that's the one with yellow hair we also have one with orange hair we do get their names at some point like which one goes with which one but i have them down as yellow and orange in my notes so the one with orange hair looks like the mother character from phineas and ferb but like as alf she appears to be some kind of goat demon she also looks like semi different species she also has nails and jewelry but she sounds like she sounds like me doing a very mean impression of a dumb jock 
or like a preppy orc. Like if an orc was preppy, that's how she sounds. She has a very deep voice. Yes. And just anytime there's a close-up of either stepsister face, we just get like a lot of teeth that are like at odd angles. And it's just very like... Off-putting? Grotesque, which normally is fine. But the fact that they gave them the names... Like, presume, like, I just don't know why you would pick Janet and LaToya if it wasn't specifically a reference to two actual women who are black. And this is like a really weirdly, like, exaggerated facial features kind of caricature. And that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it was just bad. But now it's time for the stepsisters to interact with Cinderella for the first time. And um, they, they start in, they start in strong, strong, strong vibes. Um. The yellow-haired ones go, uh, her hair is so ucky. And the orange one goes, her furniture is icky. And the yellow one says again, her clothing is ucky. And then they cut to the front of the screen and they both like shove their faces into the camera. And it's, it's like the guards from Aladdin are doing like mean-spirited drag. It's awful, you guys. It's just... There's a lot of extra detail that we weren't seeing in any of the other animation. No, and man. And then the second stepsister says, she and her environment stink in general. Which I kind of like. Yeah. My note here is that the dad is still passed out on the floor from where the stepsisters trampled him. And they're like five times as big as Cindy. Like they're fully twice as tall as she is and at least three times as wide, like even the skinny one. But dad is not dead, I guess. Honestly, I was really hoping that they had just killed the father, like, on impact. And that he wasn't going to be in the rest of the movie. But uh, my hopes were dashed for not even the first time at this point. But certainly not the last. And he picks himself up off the floor and goes, Cindy, these are your new stepsisters, Janet and LaToya. And the stepsisters, like, poof portal back to his side. He goes, hey, aren't you going to say hello? And Cindy continues to make higher pitched, like, ooh, sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the father says, as he will continue to, good, good. Say, Cindy, did you know your mom and the girls have one of those rock and roll acts? And then the first stepsister goes, I'm Janet. I'm the shy one. And then the second stepsister goes, I'm Latoya. I'm the funny one. And then the stepmother goes, I'm Tilly. I'm the mom one. Which is an interesting band arrangement. Hang on. As she says that, the hand gesture that she makes is punching one hand into the other palm. Like the schoolyard (laughs) bully, you're dead meat gesture. That's very appropriate for her. And then together they sing, and we're the evil step. And then I can't tell what they say. I listened to it like four times. And then like four more times later, I got nothing. I heard the evil step once. That is so stupid. That's what I heard. Is that really it? I don't know. That's what I heard. I think that's what I heard too. And I was like, that can't be it. I must be mishearing it. I heard it also. Yeah, I think that's what they ended up with. And yes, it's dumb. Okay. The dad goes, I got to go get my putter waxed. I don't play golf. I don't know if that's a normal thing to do. I'm hoping it is. And he says, why don't you girls get to know each other? And the door creaks shut behind him as he leaves. And the second the door is shut, 
the stepsisters turn into like cartoon Tasmanian devil characters as they like destroy whirlwind their way around the room, stealing everything Gordo based and destroying everything that they don't like. The door slams shut behind them and they leave her in this demolished room with like her hair messed up and her dresses torn and all the little stuff that she had was either broken or gone. She catches her breath and sadly pulls the little wind up doll, but it's broken now. And she, she starts to cry and like sad music plays and she pulls down her window shades, which are a window shade poster of Gordo. And then mm-hmm. to demonstrate that she's really sad, she cries harder. And by cries harder, I mean, she goes, Wow. Well, okay, so I really enjoyed the build-up to this because we keep zooming in on her eyes, which have like now multiple pinpricks of white in kind of blobby shapes, and the tears welling up in her eyes, and it's just like very big, sad anime eyes, and she's sniffling, and it's also like almost genuinely moving. And then she goes for <laughs> Wow. It was, and it's just kind of great. It, it was funny. I just, I didn't know if they were going for funny. That was my, like, if they were trying to be oh, funny. Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah, if they weren't trying to be funny, they did a terrible job. So we cut to Gordo, who, just to reiterate, is Alf, who we saw at the beginning, introducing us to the story. But the younger version of him from before his planet blew up but also so that's who we see that's gordo but also with like black elvis hair with like a big blue shiny bloop down the middle of it oh yeah 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 so that was going to be the next layer that i was going to address but yes he is also like an elvis guy so he's both an alf guy and an elvis guy so like alphys you might say I might not. <laughs> might you have not either? <laughs> nope. I don't. Not sorry. So he's on a stage, and there's a bunch of other elves dressed also like Elvis for some reason. He's singing, and he's like, a zip, zap, a biddly diddly bop to you and you. And then that's like the end of the number. And there's just echoing silence. And in my head, I'm like, ooh rough like this is your movie you didn't need to animate this echoing silence at the end of but no they're they're rehearsing there's not an audience (laughs) gordo thanks i guess his band his backup singers Mm -hmm. i'm not sure with a that was real good fellas buy yourself some cadillacs and they all go gee thanks gordo and then we meet his manager who is called the colonel Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As in, like, like KFC style Colonel. He's Colonel Sanders. Yeah, I just got him in my notes as KFC. That's his name. I forgot Colonel Sanders. That's what I was going for. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> um, he has a uh, white hair that's kind of Uncle Samish with a goatee. He's wearing a big, like, light blue cowboy hat. He's wearing a red and white striped jacket, and he also has a stutter. Guys. It's literally just Colonel Sanders from I've got him as KFC in my notes the entire time. Like, that's just how this character appears in my notes. (laughs) That would have been so much easier than what I did 
which is look up how you spell kernel because I knew I wasn't spelling it right either of the three different ways I tried. <laughs> um, and then attempt to type kernel every single time in my notes because I couldn't abbreviate it to K for some reason. Is it because it doesn't start with K? <laughs> oh, I couldn't abbreviate it as C for some reason. And the reason was because of Cinderella. I know how to spell it, Liv. I thought that you had spent all that time misspelling kernel and had wound up with like how to spell a kernel of corn, which does start with a no, no, it's because I have to, in my head, think of a kernel of corn so that I say kernel correctly or as close to correct as I can get. Because otherwise, by looking at it, I would say colonel. Colonel? Yeah, it's, it's a weird word. The fact word. that that's how you pronounce kernel, it's just wrong. It is it is baffling, no lie. Um, so yeah, this but this guy just looks like the KFC mascot. So I've got it in my notes as KFC. That's Put how in the cowboy hat. That's how I'll be referring to him. He runs up to Gordo and he goes, great stuff, y'all. I'm just don't imitate a stutter. I'm that's the thing that people have. I'm reading what the character said. I'm only doing it the once so that you guys can understand that this is not even like a good impression. Of a stutter. This is not an accurate representation of somebody with a speech disorder. This is just a weird affectation that they have chosen to give Colonel Alf Sanders on the dead planet of I don't even care. And I'm not doing it again, but that's what it sounds like. So there you go. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where we were. Oh, okay. He he calls Gordo his little gusher. He goes, how are you doing, my little gusher? Mm, mm -mm. And then uh, we don't get to address that at all. No. Because Gordo immediately goes, I want to get married. And his manager is very concerned. He sends everybody home because they're disturbing Gordo and upsetting his delicate balance. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And Gordo says, it's not the guys, Colonel. Heck, most of them are my cousins and former cellmates. Okay. Which was an interesting tidbit. Okay. We, the movie just moves on. But how do you, what do you think they were in for? I think they were in for separate things. Oh, okay. So you think they were, I think just. No, this, this has to be an after party question. It's too good. We got to spend time on this. Okay. Guys, join us in the after party where we discuss what all of these characters might have done to wind up in the big house and why. The movie does not answer this. The movie just literally goes into a walk and talk away from us. Mm -hmm. Colonel Sanders goes, well, what the dang heck is the problem then? And Gordo sadly opens a closet door crammed full of screaming fans, but like just their heads. Like there's no bodies. It's just heads. It's got to be a door to the outside and they're waiting outside, right? I guess so. But it's in They're They're walking off stage. They're walking off stage through a hallway that wouldn't have a door to the outside in like the middle of a hallway that would be a closet it, i'm not saying it makes sense look I'm i want to it's gotta believe, not be a closet i want to believe that it is outside and not a closet in my heart of hearts talent i do but i don't think it was i think he's just got a bunch of screaming oh fan heads shoved into a closet i don't like that okay 
so as they continue walking away, his manager goes, what about the tremendous income I make off of you? I mean, what about your career? And at this point, they've made it to Gordo's dressing room and he sits down in front of his vanity mm-hmm. and just kind of looks sadly at himself in the mirror. And the colonel tells him, honestly, this is good advice. Every girl in the country wants to marry you. If you get married, they'll stop buying your records. Which, like, I feel like that's a fair point. As his manager, like, you've got to bring that to his attention. That's true. As a business manager, yeah. My note here is that Gordo is sitting in front of a mirror, but the mirror is reflecting him really poorly. Like, it's reflecting him back very fuzzy and half... Like, it looks like he's maybe part vampire and the mirror just doesn't really work on him all the way. (laughs) But Gordo responds to this with, I'm a yearning for the simple life. And we get a close-up of dreamy pumpkin warthog face, I guess. Say my notes. Yep. And he goes, I'm going to find me a bride at the concert tonight. And Colonel Sanders goes, you're talking crazy, boy. And Gordo goes, I'm talking fate. And I'm like, no, man, that's fate happens like in retrospect. It's the opposite of fate. You made a decision. You've decided that's not... Fate is when the breezes blow and the woman that you were married to who has died turns herself into a tree to stop an arrow from killing you and then turns into a giant piece of fruit later. Like, that's fate. (laughs) You've just made a decision. It's a bad decision, too, but okay. So Gordo goes on to say, when I spot the girl with that special look in her eye, I'll know she's my hunk of burning love. Ugh, fine. And... Now the manager is just, like, so excited. He goes, wow. And two little American flags stick out of his ears and kind of twirl. And an entire cash box from a register makes its way out of his mouth with just money flying everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a visual gag. And, like, that's fine. But then it stays in the scene. And he has to talk around it and then kind of, like, shove it away later. Which I love, but also I hated looking at it. Yes, that was my experience, but in reverse. I was like, I hate this. This is hysterical. (laughs) Also, by the way, guys, this is a Cinderella. Keep up. Like, we've got KFC Alf guy Mm -hmm. with obviously a, a register shooting out of his jawbone. Keep up. So Gorda goes, Colonel? And the colonel says, what? Muffle threw the money still in his mouth. Gordo says, you got some angle on this? The manager has decided that they're just going to announce that he wants to get married and just get a little publicity. And as he's saying this, he's walking further away from where Gordo was sitting in front of the vanity, where Mm -hmm. the camera was at. Mm -hmm. So the camera Mm -hmm. has to gradually pan out to keep him in the frame. And then we see that Gordo's dressing room is actually gigantic and has a pool right next to him with just elf ladies just lounging and like swimming. And that's where the manager's going. I have five elf babettes around a pool with like elf bikinis on. Mm -hmm. So Gordo goes... You know, just remember, I want to keep this personal and private, like, but he's like staring into the mirror, just feeling deep 
yeah. feet paying things. No attention whatsoever. No. And the manager's like, I'll notify the papers and the networks and every person in the world. They'll all be at the concert. And <laughs> Gordo's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just don't make a big deal out of it. And immediately we cut to a giant blimp with Gordo's space like on a sign surrounded by flashing lights. And there's a recording of a man's voice going, Mary Gordo today. Gordo will pick a bride at today's concert. This is the blimp talking. That is indeed what happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cut to dad who's reading the newspaper. And this uh, announcement is on the television news as well. It's not just in blimp form. And the newscaster says, Congress has decided to make two new holidays that are Gordo Shumway holidays. And the only line that I got from this that I cared about at all was the Russian premier is reported to say that is good. Oh, I thought he said God is good. No, da. Talon, you're Russian. This is so embarrassing because I'm Russian. Talon, you're Russian. I'm literally, I've got the dual app on my phone and I send you things like 50 cats is too many cats. Like, come on, man, step it up. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what this movie has done to you. This movie has just like scrambled my brain and it's dribbling out of my ears. I just, Mm. Okay, so the stepsisters and the stepmother are sitting on the sofa watching the news and Cinderella is behind them on her hands and knees scrubbing the floor mm-hmm. and they're talking about the concert. Latoya's like, I want us to marry Gordo. Us. Which is... Us. Interesting. <sighs> yeah. And then the stepmother goes, yeah. And become his backup singer. So I think she's including herself in this Mary Gordo plan, which is an interesting little wrinkle. And then Janet goes, but we don't have tickets. So it looks like we'll just have to stay home and torment Cinderella. And Cinderella, instead of responding to this in any way, goes, oh, imagine becoming Mrs. Gordo Shumway. In, like, a voice that implies that that's, like, a good thing to imagine, but also she's sad about it. Yeah. This is a dream of hers, and oh. she is, it is so far away. By the way, she's also wearing hair curlers in this scene. She's got, like, a kerchief on and a kind of a crummy dress, and she's on her hands and knees with big, like, gloves cleaning. But you have your hair in curlers because you're trying to curl your hair so that it looks good for later Hair and curlers is code for I'm getting pretty. I'm in the process of getting pretty and I'm not there yet. It's not. Well, maybe she just took a shower um, and is now scrubbing the floor. No, never mind. She's got her hair and curlers. Curlers are what you wear when you're going to be trying to look pretty like the next day or later. Maybe she's going to bed. Why would she have her hair and curlers? Like curlers, curlers are not code. For overnight curling. They're not. I was upset about the curlers because that is not what curlers mean canonically in like movie code. They don't mean I'm a servant now. They mean I'm getting ready. Well, as someone who was forced to sleep in curlers as a child for dance recital reasons, Liv, some people wear curlers before they go to bed and then they sleep in them because they have to. So because they have to have curly, pretty hair the next day. Which she doesn't, because she's... Some people want 
curly, pretty hair the next day every day. But she's a Cinderella. She's scrubbing the floor. It's only been one day. She probably is doing her oh, normal God. thing. It's, it's only, only been, been one, one day. day. She didn't know she was going to be scrubbing the it's floor. She, like, took a bath and put her hair up in curlers and put her, like, pajamas on. And they're like, you have to scrub the floor. I I didn't. Yeah. I didn't realize it had only been a day. I've been thinking about it a lot, though. <laughs> so, guys, here's the thing. I was able to tune out visually the fact that everyone is an elf character. Mm-hmm. Like, I was able to just visually glaze over that. And uh, I honed in on something very different. But it, it did not occur to me until just now that this does take place over the course of a day. Mm-hmm. And I, I, oh, man, that makes so many things so much worse. Yeah. And also so much less cohesive from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, it's a bad movie. <laughs> no, it's but now it's so much worse than I thought it was. And I thought it was bad. So uh, speaking of bad, yeah. the father goes, who, by the way, is in the room. Oh, yeah. Where Cinderella is on her knees scrubbing the floor. He's like just sitting in an armchair, still reading a newspaper, smoking two pipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes, say, I almost forgot. Sid at the office gave me a couple of tickets. They're for some bowling tournament or dog show or Gordo concert or something. And the stepmother and the stepsisters run over and jump on him in like a puff of smoke. And they run away with a ticket thrust up in the air triumphantly each. Presumably he had three tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, He looks like he's just been destroyed. Like, yeah. His shirt's torn apart. His pipes have been, like, crooked somehow. They they zigzagged his pipes. His hair is all messed up. With the force of their ticket grabbing. Here's the thing. I really wanted those to wind up being tickets to the dog show. <laughs> like, this movie could have won me back. If they show up at the concert and the concert ticket person is like, Oh, this is to the dog show. This is at the convention center. That would have been beautiful. That would have made me so happy. That's not what happens. That's not what happens. Because now Cinderella tries to speak to her father about the situation. And she goes, oh, daddy. Which, ew, don't do not do that. Ever since Tilly and Janet and Latoya arrived, they've been tormenting me and robbing me and driving me like a slave. And dad answers, ho, ho, ho. Well, you make sure to study hard and floss regularly. I love Tandy. What is that? I don't know. I I thought maybe he said Blondie. Like he was reading something about Blondie. Maybe. But it's the 60s. Uh, Maybe. I, I guess. He says something incomprehensible to us. Oh, you know, he says later, he says Blondie 2, Blondie and Dumpy and Dennis the Menace. Are, is he just having Saturday morning cartoons? Because this is made in the 80s, even if it's set in the 60s. Oh, maybe. Oh, is Blondie a cartoon? I'm going to Google if Blondie is a newspaper cartoon. I don't know. I, I'm younger than the concept of newspapers. Like Yes, yes, Blondie is a newspaper cartoon. And okay. I recognize it. It's got that dude with the sticky out eyebrows. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that wasn't helpful, Tom. Anyways, okay, good. So we've cleared up that mystery. Fantastic. But uh, yeah, he does not care whatsoever. 
the step family comes back and I guess they're wearing like jumpsuits, but it emphasized like the various saggy, chubby, bulky parts of their body, which is just unpleasant and I don't like it. They say, while we're at the concert, Cinderella, uh, you make sure to sweep the chimney and cut the firewood. And I'm like, yes, good chimney, firewood. These are all very traditional Cinderella things. And then they finish up with and finish up that radiation research in the basement. Yeah, that's we, from LaToya. Yeah. LaToya's got something going on. Also, finishes that statement with, we are off to marry Gordo. So I, I think that all three of them want to marry Gordo collectively, which gives us... Yes, together. Okay, but including the bonus episode, this is three stepsisters in a row who are clearly willing to be in the same romantic relationship. Yeah, but I think this is the first time we've got a mom in on the action. I don't know that that is a distinction that really matters at this point. Because it, it was this... Oh, I do. I think that's way different. I, I feel like the mom was... This is not a main feed discussion. We have to come back to this. I'm just... I'm not happy about that pattern. Anyways, so they sing their theme song and they leave... And Cinderella cries some more and does her screaming, crying like a baby having a tantrum. And dad is just like, I love Blondie too. Blondie and Dumdy and Dennis the Menace. Also, while Cinderella is crying and holding her face in her hand, she still has the scrub brush in her hand. It's just basically rubbing the floor Ugh. mop water on her face. Oh, I did not notice which that at all. Which is... A really clever bit of visual continuity that didn't have to be there. Like, they purposefully had to have added that in because it's much easier to just draw the character without anything extra. It's not like forgetting to keep something in the shot when you're filming. You have to manually add everything that's in the shot. Oh, that's so upsetting. There you go. So the dad is just sitting there, just completely oblivious. I think that he has probably, like, genuinely sustained some internal brain hemorrhaging due to being tackled to the ground so many times by the step family so that's that's my excuse no for i think this is moment. a pre-existing condition for sure i really wanted to believe that it really it, it tried to help cinderella sadly walks to the window and we zoom out on the neighborhood and i'm like okay now we'll zoom to the party nope we cut back inside the house for some reason so that was a useless cut that did nothing and cinderella goes a half hour to the concert. I'll never get to see Gordo. Let me see that it is 8.30 p.m. So the concert starts at 9. Just want everyone to keep the timeline of this movie in mind as you go through this. I did not realize that it started at 9. Yeah. That's very interesting information. Yeah. So she goes, I'll never get to see Gordo. And the odds are even slimmer that I'll marry him. Like, yep, absolutely. Dad is still in the room. <laughs> And goes, say, did you murmur something, princess? Without looking up from his paper. Guys, I've never in my life asked someone if they have murmured something. Like, I hate that. Hey, did you murmur something? Like, that's, no. That's not how English works. And Cinderella does a giant flying sadness leap onto her sofa to scream hysterically. And then says, I wish I had someone I could turn to. Someone who would get me to the concert. A fairy godmother. And then there's a sort of whooshing noises. Mm -hmm. Like the powering down sounds of big machinery 
And then the the scene goes kind of dark and the shadows get really elongated in the walls, which were, you know, white or brightly colored and now black. And Marlon Brando mm-hmm. says the cartoon version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we just hear his voice right now, but we hear very obviously Marlon Brando goes, why do you come to me now? <laughs> You've never asked for my help before. I can't do a Godfather impression, you guys. That was incredible. But that's what they're doing. Like now, now we're just in film noir of the Godfather with Marlon, uh, with an animated Marlon Brando as Alf, like Alf as Marlon Brando. He's like sitting behind a desk in a big chair, but it's still in her house. But also, everything around him is black, and you don't really see both of them at the same time. So. It becomes very surreal. Yes. Yes. But that, yeah. Um, yeah. Cinderella goes, fairy godmother? And Marlon Brando, Alf, goes, I've been watching you. And we see him now, and he looks disturbingly like an older Marlon Brando, but also definitely Alf. It, it was awful. And he's wearing a suit. Like, we're just, we're just in a different movie now. He goes, I've seen how your new stepmother and stepsisters are mistreating you. And there's like a dramatic from below, like scary campfire lighting under his face. And he goes, the time has come to make them pay for what they've done. And there's like a fire next to him. He's he's got like a cigar and there's smoke coming up from it. And we see them like together now. And it says... He's got like a name tag on the front of his desk that says fairy god mother on it. Cinderella goes, what can you do? And Marlon Brando goes, I'll grant you three wishes, which I cannot refuse. And I'm, at this point, I'm just losing my mind, you guys. At this point, I'm just <laughs> like screaming into the computer. I'm so confused. I'm so baffled. I've never seen anything like this. We're 62, 64 Cinderella's in, 65 Mm -hmm. if you got our Kelsey bonus episode. Like, we've watched 65 Cinderella's, and now I'm watching The Godfather as Alf in a Cinderella with no warning. Which also already had Elvis. Which also has Elvis in it. Like, you guys, you can't... And It's not okay. And this is, like, not a short bit. This is, like... A long bit. This this is a long bit. This takes up a significant portion of Cinderella, but it does not intersect in any other way with anything else that happens. No, it's just... And it is not acknowledged outside of that scene. So Liv campaigned to call this the godfather Cinderella. Yeah. For obvious reasons and and i was like no we can't because i will never remember that it happened in the elf cinderella what lip when you started describing him and mentioned that he's also an elf i was like oh my god i forgot he was also an elf yeah because i legitimately just like imagined like the godfather in that scene in my mind yeah like like he's kind of jolly mm. and he's got a mustache and a cigar and what's what's relevant about him is the dramatic lighting the mustache the cigar the jowliness and the marlon brando godfather voice and the fact that he's also an alf yes and the suit so like i tuned out pretty fast all of the alfiness of everybody like i was just like great cool these are just different human shapes now these are people whatever 
I have not stopped thinking about this Godfather bit. It's been two weeks. I've told everybody about this. I've ruined several people's days. I did describe it in depth Mm -hmm. to a friend who got stuck next to me and could not leave. (laughs) We had a house guest who was also stuck here and could not leave. And I was like, good, I'm going to tell you about this Alf Marlon Brando Cinderella. I don't, I don't think that she appreciated it, but whatever. We can't suffer alone. We can't suffer alone. So Cinderella goes, well, I want to go to the concert, but I can't go in these rags. At this point, I realized that Marlon Brando's cigar is his wand. Mm-hmm. And there's a little, little like star on the end of this very fat cheroot with like a glowing coal end and smoke coming out of it. And he taps it and it makes like chimey sounds. Mm-hmm. And then a door opens and someone pushes in like a, a, a cart with a pretty dress and stuff on it past the father in his armchair, still sitting there reading. And this is like a tiny Italian leprechaun who goes, I tell you, it's a terrible thing. There I am minding my own business when this beautiful ball gown, size six and matching pumps, size seven and a half. And I don't know what I should do with such beautiful items. And Cinderella takes the shoes, which are very sparkly and they're like pink and goes, they're, they're not glass slippers, by the way. Oh, no. Nope. They sure aren't. They sure aren't. Um, mm-hmm. Canonically, they're... I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, no. Canonically, they're not glass slippers at all. These are regular shoes made of shoe material that are shoes. But they're sparkly, and they're, they're very cute. Indeed, yeah. And she goes, oh, they're beautiful. Marlon Brando goes, please accept these gifts as a token of my friendship. Thank you, Willie, for your service. And Cinderella cuddles the dress and goes, what use are these beautiful things? I don't have any way of getting to the concert. Then, then a a giant pink car punches a hole through the wall next to where the father is still sitting, still reading his newspaper, still completely unaware of this. And And a tall, like, longshoreman goon gets out. And goes, he looks like a Yeti. He's the like, shape of a Yeti or, or okay. like a Sasquatch. Yes. He's hulking. He's but, like significantly taller than Cinderella proportionally. And he's got like a lurch to him. Yes. Like lurch, but as an elf. Because mm-hmm. he's also an elf, you guys. Yes, of course. And, and he goes, there I am minding my own business when I and this new two-tone Ford Crown Victorian stretch fall off the back of a truck. I don't know what to do with such a beautiful item. The license plate on it says Cindy, by the way, which I thought was cute. Oh, that is cute. And Marlon Brando goes, in the glove compartment, you'll find a ticket to the concert tonight. And in the trunk, a very experienced hairdresser. Cindy bows to him and goes, thank you, Godmother. And Marlon Brando goes, but you must leave the concert tonight by 9.30. So, that's 30 minutes into the concert, guys, which starts at nine. And also, that's like now. Yeah. She's going to get there like at nine, maybe. Maybe. Oof. But like Cindy pushes back at this 930 curfew and she's like midnight. And Marlon Brando goes 935. And Cindy goes 1130. And Marlon Brando goes a quarter to 10. One moment later, you'll bring shame on me and my family. And- <laughs> And Cindy goes, 
a quarter to 10. How can I thank you? So one, that's terrible negotiation. He gave her 15 minutes. She scaled back from midnight to 9.45. Like, But also, it is not smart to push this man when he's doing you a favor. And I feel like that is the thing you can intuit even without the cultural context. Okay. That, it was just weird. It was weird that there was a, a, a bartering thing there, like a negotiation. I, I thought that was, it was really cute. It was cute, but it was weird. Anyways, at this point, Marlon Brando, who has been behind his desk on a chair, like underneath lit, like a spooky camp counselor telling a story. He gets off of his chair and he's wearing a pink tutu. He's, wear, he's wearing a pink tutu along with his godfather suit and a cigar and a pink tutu. You, got, mm-hmm. you guys, he also has wings, like little, like I've put my five-year-old niece in the wings that I bought from Halloween USA. They're the little like just butterfly. You slip them on like a backpack wings. You, got, you guys, he's, no, this yep. is just what he's wearing. It's and, not commented on. They don't pause. He's nope. just walking with Cindy under his arm, explaining to her that one day he might call upon her and need a favor. And she's like, you got it. <laughs> yeah, no, he does the whole line. He goes, someday, and that day may never come, I may call upon you to perform a service. Until then, keep your feet on the ground, keep reaching for the stars. And a door opens up into like the afterlife because it's bright white. Like he opens a door from the void into the afterlife and he goes partway through it. And Cindy goes, but where are you going? And Marlon Brando, Alf, in his wings and suit and pink tutu and cigar, silhouetted in this door through the void into heaven, turns around and goes, I have to see a man about a horse and walks away. (laughs) Yeah. You guys. There's been, like, Italian Godfather film noir music playing this whole time as opposed to, like, whatever dumb music we had before. You guys, who... Okay, the original show was for adults. You've said so. I guess I believe you. This was definitely for children, though. So who was this for? Who was this for? The animators. I have to know. Okay, the one thing that I will say is that the guy who plays Alf really loves this. Like, he loves this. He This is his thing. Like, this is not a sellout. He's turned down a lot of opportunities because he wants to maintain full creative ownership of Alf. Alf is really meaningful to him. So I think he does this because he loves doing this. And I think he also loves the Godfather for some reason. And it just tickled him. So... What happened in the two weeks that between when we watched this and have subsequently not stopped talking about it to everyone and been unable to sleep because we are haunted by this. Mm-hmm. Talon did a deep dive into Alf and like the lore thereof. And I don't without- like that word. No, not the lore. I just looked at the history. I did not go into elf lore within the universe. Don't don't bring this shame on me. <laughs> Talon did some research into Alf, which it did not even <laughs> occur to me to do. I, um, so I come from a very large Italian family who most of them love The Godfather. And I've never seen it and I'm never going to see it because someone kills a horse and I'm just not okay with that. But you guys, 
I watched the opening scene of The Godfather. I did like a Godfather deep dive. And this scene is so much less sensical. The scene makes so much less sense in the context of the fact that it's supposed to be a playoff of the opening scene of The Godfather. Like, well, we're going to have to talk about it more in the after party. But for the parallel to work, what Cinderella has to be asking for is murder. <laughs> also, by the way, in the um, in in the Godfather, Marlon Brando spends this entire scene playing with a cat, like he's got a little kitten on his lap the entire time. That this, you come to me for a favor, you disrespect me by asking for murder on my daughter's wedding day. On this, the day of my daughter's wedding, you never invite me for coffee. You don't even call me Godfather. He's playing with a cat, like an adorable little like cat. I just... Do you know why they can have that in this? Because he would have had to eat the cat at the end of it. He would have had to eat the cat. There you go. You guys, I'm never, ever going to be okay again. Mm -hmm. But then that's just that part of the cartoon is done. And we never go back to it. No. It we, is never addressed. It's never addressed. It just... Um, yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. So... Just imagine a 45-minute break here while I mentally recover from that scene. And we're back. So yeah, so now we're at the concert and there's a bunch of ALF lady folk who are screaming in concert style. And the stepmother is holding up a sign that says, Marry us, Gordo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she sure is. Gordo's song ends and he says, Time to get these lights real low. Because during the next five minutes, I'm going to find me a woman and fall deeply in love. <laughs> and all, all the women gasp and like a really slow song starts to play. And he's like, uh-huh, thank you very much. Which I'm like, what? Okay, fine. By the way, uh, most of the other people with signs have signs that just say like, I love you, Gordo, or Gordo with a heart around it. But one person's got a sign that says... Gordo, have my children? No, 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 no. It is so much worse than that. I'm so sorry. So No, we... in retrospect, that doesn't sound right, does it? No, no. So what happens is we cut outside to a newscaster, and there's a group of fans holding, you know, those signs where you need multiple people to hold up the letters? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, the, it spells out, give us your child, which is, like, so much oh, worse. Oh, God. Oh, like, no, that shouldn't be in a Saturday morning cartoon. No, I mean, best case scenario, that's like a give us the child. The cult is risen. The new one is prophesied. Like best case scenario, that's an apocalypse cult. Gosh, I really don't like that. No, everything about this is so terrible, but so fascinating that you have to think about it. And the second you do, you're like, oh, no, I'm so I regret that decision with every fiber of my being. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But Cinderella pulls up now and the newscaster's like, oh my God, who's that? And she steps out in a giant ball gown. Like it's an old fashioned -y, Like she looks like the Dowager Empress from Anastasia. Just like. <laughs> but everybody else is wearing like 1962 punk glam stuff. So she's just dressed weirdly, even for the, this elf universe. We cut inside and Gordo's singing, please don't treat me mean. And he's singing the tie my shoelace song. Yeah. But, but like But we get more of the lyrics this time. And you yeah. guys, I've got them all. 
He goes, please don't treat me mean. Then I won't be sad. If you treat me bad, I'm going to be so blue. Yeah, tie my shoes. I've got money. I've got hair. Lobster Thermidor. I didn't have an aneurysm, guys. The next line is Lobster Thermidor. He holds up a lobster to illustrate. Yeah, yeah like we're not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he continues. Uh, you just can't help loving me. Uh-huh. But you know what? I love me more. Yep, that's the song. It uh-huh. turns out that is the song. Mm-hmm. That is a big love item of I am a narcissist and I like lobsters, I guess. So we're just watching the stage and he starts to sing again, but we hear more singing from off camera and it's Cinderella who has a mic that is live somehow and she's just singing his song at him. Like, mm-hmm. she's, she's just stolen the show. It's And she has a beautiful voice. He is clearly into it, but she did just arrive at a concert and start full-blown singing at the performer. Yeah, yeah. My note on his expression is that he looks like he is either shocked or like he has been badly taxidermied. So (laughs) that's probably the same emotion. But we get like another verse now, and I really, really wish we didn't. So Cinderella sings, you can't help loving kitty cat purring tenderly, which is so upsetting because they eat cats. Uh, You can't help loving moonlight chats. You can't help loving me. Oh, no, you can't help loving honey sweet. And she walks past her stepfamily and the stepmother goes now that you mention it she bears a striking resemblance to uh uh and the stepsisters yell yeah yes she looks just like terry door maybe like maybe that's what they said they they think she looks like somebody but not cinderella no and so gordo sings oh you can't help loving me and we get a zoom like super close in on their eyes. And then like just like Gordo's eye zoomed in and then Cinderella's eye and then Gordo's eye and then Cinderella's eye. And they have like these flecks of light sparkling in their eyes. They've got big anime eyes, but mm-hmm, Cinderella's mm-hmm. got these big eyelashes yep. and they have yep. this like really intense eye contact. Um, and then and then what happens? Um, a fly. Mm hmm fly buzzes into the middle of the screen to be directly between the camera and where we are very close to Gordo's eye and goes nauseating isn't it the fly has little like glasses like horned rim glasses mm-hmm. and, like a little nose and just a grumpy little face yeah I feel like I love them yeah no I do and we get a more disco ball and they finish singing this like narcissistic love ballad together and she finishes uh, it. To be clear, Cindy is also seeing that he loves himself more. Yes, yes. So they both agree about that. That's not just part of the lyrics. It is mm-hmm. specifically about Gordo. Yeah, he's like, she's like, yeah, you love you more too. Yeah, it's, it's canon. He is a narcissist. Yes, and apparently this is like cute and they're both into it. Yep. She finishes this song with, but you love you on like the highest pitched note you can imagine mm-hmm. and it does the comedic thing where it breaks everybody's glasses but we also zoom in on her mouth while oh, she does this and yeah, she do. has about six or eight teeth total and not necessarily in the arrangement that you would expect no. and just like we just see her open mouth and her tongue 
and like then fluttering. after yeah. she finishes singing and all of the glasses pop she leans over and starts panting with her tongue sticking out well okay also okay. for longer than you would expect guys guys okay so so she breaks everybody's like eyeglasses and then all the drinking glasses and glass pitchers in the room break and then all the windows break and then the neon signs that are all outside break and then the ticket mm -hmm. booth glass breaks and i want you to know that she holds this note this goes on for 15 complete seconds of this incredibly high-pitched shrieking noise now guys i know you are thinking 15 seconds that's not a very long time no no it was very impressive i just i didn't like it no 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 like guys it's not that it's impressive it's that it's horrifying like future live leave three seconds of silence here guys it was five times longer than that so that's that's what happened it was awful we should just do a full 15 seconds of silence literally i can't it's one i think the episode might get booped for not having like for having too much silence in it oh that's so funny i don't know what it is it's definitely if you put 50 seconds of silence in, it definitely kicks the episode out. Like it's like you can't have silence that much. But also I would die trying to edit it. I I can't. I guess we can count to 15. Nope, we're not doing that. I'm just gonna times that's it's gonna be fine. Anyways, so the song is over, the audience cheers, and Alf and Cinderella, sorry, Gordo and Cinderella like boop noses, like their long Alfie snoots boop together but their eyes are open yeah, presumably because their mouths can't reach each other no nope. on account of the snoot so gordo goes i love you darling and cindy goes ah gordo i love you and do you happen to have the time and he goes it's a quarter to ten and she goes thank you very much and then he closes his eyes for like a second to put away his pocket watch and when he opens them she has left a trail of fire up the aisle and punched like a her-shaped hole through the swinging doors like an old Western cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Gordo goes, what a flighty chick. But I like it. I like it. I don't like it, is my note. <laughs> He's like weirdly into the fact that this woman ran away from him. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then next we cut to just like, posters of her face yes i don't know how that oh because she was on the news never mind i guess sorry i thought the entire point was that he couldn't find her because he can't he doesn't have an image of her and sorry this is like really disrupting the cinderella premise yeah no it's it's because he doesn't know her name or where she lives he evidently has a picture of her but somehow this is like, this makes sense in the age of it's medieval times and you can't be right, like, but when you can, hey, Twitter, who's this? But when you have a blimp and a newspaper, why can't you be like, hey, are you this girl slash do you know where she is? Yes. So it, it, this is really messing with the premise of a Cinderella, which at this point is already screwed up, but whatever. So he's sadly like, oh, who is she? Where, why can't I find her? And Colonel Sanders, the Kentucky Fried Chicken Alf character, is thrilled because they've broken all the sales records on Gordo merch, and Gordo could not care less. He goes, I can't put her out of my mind. Everywhere I look, I see her. And Kentucky Fried Chicken is like, that's nonsense. But his face melts into Cinderella's face. Mm -hmm. Like Gordo is hallucinating. 
Cinderella's face, but it's not her voice. It's his voice. And then a giant guy comes into the room bringing in room service, which is a big, like, comedic pyramid of burnt hamburgers. Like it's, I thought they were donuts. Nope, they're hamburgers. There's ketchup in them. No, no, it's not ketchup. It's cream, right? Because they're donuts. Because they all explode later. Tell them they explode red. What what kind of cream are you using? Okay, like not cream, like jelly filling. I thought they were donuts. I don't know. I you know what? It's whatever it is that they eat on their planet that blew up. Probably cat burgers. Or do you know what? Since they're acting out human stories, it must be the people of that planet doing their version of like Earth fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's all so weird. They're like, this is what the Earth people are into. You know, they have those donuts uh, that are like donut burgers, where it's a donut as a, the burger or like the bun and then a burger. I think we could both be right about this. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So this room service guy's face turns into Cinderella's face as well. And Kentucky Fried Chicken is like, well, what's so special about that gal? And Gordo pushes a button on a tape recorder and plays a recording of her scream singing, mm-hmm. which breaks all of the glass in the room again, but also explodes the donut hamburgers. And then KFC is not impressed. And he's like, what do you want about? Like, like, who cares? Gordo goes, I got to find that chick. And I don't know her name, her number. And there are just patties hanging from the wall and ceiling now. Like it's supposed to be ketchup or maybe jelly, but it just looks like viscera. Like it's really gross. It was like very, okay. So I took that as like cream and jelly, but maybe it was weird pale mustard and ketchup. I didn't see anything white. Oh no. Oh no. So I. That's okay. Everything's fine. I just, I need to not think about that. The food explodes. There's food on the walls is what happens. Yeah. The food explodes. And also the manager's glasses explode. Again. Yeah. Gorda goes, hey, those glasses give me an idea. Do you still wear glass shoes? And the manager goes, yeah. And gives Gordo one. And that's the glass shoe. Guys, guys, one, that is exactly what happened. Talon is not making any of that up. But also the shoe that the manager gives him is the tiniest glass slipper. It is it is as comedically small as the one from the wispy Russian Cinderella in season one, mm-hmm. where it fits on his palm. It's comedically small and tiny and pointy, like very, very pointy and very sparkly and twinkly. It looks like something Lady Gaga would wear if she was like the size of Tinkerbell. Yes. By the way, Cinderella's actual shoes when we saw them were like a regular proportionate size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the way that they've drawn this shoe is to just make it extremely white with an outline that is somehow brighter than it. So it's weirdly like the anti-void. It was visually difficult to look at. And Gordo goes, this will do nicely. And we zoom into like the white void of the shoe. And at this point I wrote, oh my God, are they going to have people sing at the shoe until it breaks? Oh yeah. And we got to paparazzi and yes, yes, that is our plan. And not only that, they haven't apparently announced this or or, like structured this in any way. Mm -mm. They're literally just going door to door in this weird pastel suburb 
mm-hmm. with Gordo, the glass shoe, the manager, and all of the paparazzi. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is how they're approaching this. Yep. Shake, Rattle, and Roll is playing in the background, which is fun. I like that song. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they knock, they ring each doorbell, and a woman opens it and screams, but the shoe isn't broken. So sometimes she screams, and they're like, no, like, sing. And then she sings, but it still doesn't break the shoe. So yeah, this is what we're doing. So uh, who we see, we see an electrocuted camel, a Valkyrie, and an alligator. That's who opens the door. And then... The fourth one is Cinderella. Well, they lull us into a false sense of security because the first couple that they show us are just regular ladies in like robes and hair curlers because I guess everyone is doing hair curlers. They do lull us into a false sense of security with the normal ones. And because then we just get a Valkyrie and an alligator. It's crazy. But then but then we're at Cinderella's house. So like we're, we're done now. It was a fairly brief montage. So when Gordo rings the doorbell, the family is still basically in the same position they were the last time we saw them with the stepmother and stepsister sitting on the sofa watching TV, Cinderella cleaning, and the father just in a chair reading. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Previously, Cinderella was scrubbing the floor. Cinderella is standing yes. up. Mm-hmm. cleaning. We're just going to skip past what she's cleaning? Is that not part of your regular cleaning routine? No, Tom. She's just vacuuming the piano. She's vacuuming inside the piano. She's in a a grand piano with an upright vacuum cleaner standing on the harp. Vacuum cleaner. It's not okay. It's not okay, and I'm not okay with it, and it's not okay. (laughs) It's a nice piano. Like, that's that's genuinely upsetting. Anyways, they're playing TV too loud to hear the doorbell, but eventually they hear it. And stepmother opens the door and screams because it's Gordo and slams the door shut. And then they all do like a frantic cleaning montage where they shove trash under the carpet in a big bump. And they pick up the father and put him in a closet. And they shut Cinderella and the vacuum cleaner inside the grand piano. They also then run out the door to change into their party jumpsuits. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then they run back in. And they do all of this quickly enough that Gordo hasn't left. And so they open the door to let him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does not want to come in, no. but, but they insist. He, he does, though, yeah. And um, he goes, I'm looking for that wonderful vision of beauty that sang with me at my concert last night. And the step family just sort of sprawl themselves in front of the piano and squawk simultaneously. Me, it was me. Gordo goes. When I find the woman who can shatter this glass slipper with her voice, I'll know I have my found. I'll know I'll have. I'll know I have my true love. God, this is so hard to say these lines because they're so stupid. Yeah. All right. So. So they give it a shot just all at once, mm-hmm. and not only are they not hitting any note individually or together, Mm-mm. they also get tired very quickly. Mm-hmm. And just, like, run out of air and just start, like, hacking and just making progressively weirder noises further and further away from singing. Yes. So finally they're out of breath and Gordo goes, are there any other women in the house? And they all say together very suspiciously in unison, women? No. Not a one? Nope. No. And then the piano starts to play itself. Mm-hmm. And from inside the piano... Cinderella sings, you've got money, you've got hair, 
what about the door and then like the piano starts to open and the yellow haired stepsister slams it shut and gordo goes that velvet vibrato which like that's a really i get you're doing like alliteration but okay so i know that that's a music thing was she doing things with vibrato? Because I thought vibrato was changing how high or high, how low. I Okay, I don't know what vibrato is, but I thought it involved rapidly changing something, either inflection or pitch or other words that I don't quite understand. Yeah, so the gesture that you were making with your hand right now implied yodeling, where you go from up and down an octave rapidly. Uh-huh. And that's not what vibrato is. Oh. Vibrato is a, like a rapid change of two pitches. So it's like, ooh, or just having sort of a warbly tone of voice. Oh. Guys, if you're music people, just like, forgive me. But also, velvet is not a word you would use to describe vibrato, because vibrato, by definition, is kind of jangly. Like, it's beautiful. But, like, velvet isn't a word you would reasonably use to describe it. Like, you could say vibrant vibrato, which would actually be funnier. Do you think? Because that's what it means. Like, vibrato. Anyways, actually, it's vibrating. Like, you could. Vibrant vibrato would work so much better. Do you think that whoever wrote that joke thought that vibrato was like another category, like alto or soprano or tenor? Because that's something that would work with the adjective velvet. Christ. That would make sense. God. That's gotta be it, right? Oh, Although gotta... somebody wrote the music in this. Like, it's not good, but it is music. So you I would mean, think that they would know. It's also not vibrato. Like, what she is doing is not vibrato. Nor is it velvety. She has a lovely voice, but velvety is not the word I would use. Like, Yeah, I don't know that I would anyways. describe that as velvet. Th- no. That's okay. She... She then rises up out of the top of the piano mm-hmm. backwards in her concert outfit with the big dress and the hair is back in its updo tiara thing, which like, did she have the hairdresser in the piano also? What? How was that achieved? It's- she also rises vertically from the piano. So the grand piano she would have been had to have been lying down in, but she rises from it fully vertical like she has it like jesus of nazareth ascending to heaven like it's she also has kind of like lights like a halo coming out of her yes yes she sings the last line but you love you more and this time her voice is causing an actual earthquake um obviously the shoe breaks along with like everything else but this goes on for 18 seconds this time Oh, it was just, it was so bad. But Gordo picks her up and goes, it's you. You're my princess of rock and roll. And the cameras all flash because the paparazzi are there. And Cinderella goes, and you're my prince. Pardon me. And she's standing next to her stepfamily and she bends forward a little and she wiggles her butt like she's a cat getting ready to pounce or sort of like a, hey, batter, batter, batter kind of thing, like a weird butt jiggle and then she just (laughs) hip checks all three of them entirely out of the room like she butt yeets them Mm -hmm. from the movie and it was funny she was winding up (laughs) she was like yeah but then the step family are all in like a giant pile and they're yelling at each other they're all blaming each other one of them is like this is all your fault and the other one's like my fault you put her in the piano you close the lid and blah 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 and then the stepmother goes, oh, 
Now we're going to have to find a new family to exploit. I'm so sorry to correct you on air. The stepmother goes, I hate you both. (laughs) Now I have to find a whole new family to exploit. Which is like the opposite of the stepmother being super into her own kids. But like that was a weird moment. Oh, I can't believe I missed the hatred. Yeah. Just from like a cassowary. From like an angry cassowary in gaudy jewelry. And what is a cassowary? Oh, you said that before. I don't know what that is. Oh, they're the giant evil dinosaur birds with the big bone helmets on their head. Oh my God. I thought a cassowary was like a casket mummy thing. Oh no. no. Oh, I was picturing that all wrong. They're like the scary emus. They're like emu. They're Australian birds. They're as tall as you are. They are a hundred percent lethal. They're incredibly violent. Wow. That is not how I thought that was spelled either. Okay. Wow. They they are. That is what she looked like. Yeah, they are also like as close to velociraptors as currently exist. They have like a big back slashing claw that 100% they use to kill people with. They are terrifying. They're like five feet tall. They're just, oh, they're the most terrifying thing in the world. I've seen one. That bird has evil in its eyes. They all do. And that's correct. I have looked one in the eyes and I'm pretty sure that was the moment I lost my soul. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, anyway. (laughs) Sorry, deep dive into my past. Anyways. So Gordo and Cinderella, we're still in a Cinderella. They spin and the, they kind of meld into like a giant snowball, I guess. They just turn into blobs like they melt and become blobs that are still swirling. And she's kind of like pink blobs and he's kind of like brown blobs. So it does kind of look milkshakey. Like it's not visually unpleasant, but it mm. is if you think about what's happening strong disagree on the first part of that so the manager mr kfc shows up and goes yep it's a real storybook romance and you can quote me on that and then we see a laffy taffy i had fruit by the foot yeah like highway in the sky with pink clouds Mm -hmm. and gordo and cinderella are spin dancing along it i guess until they finally get to a door at the very top which is like i guess heaven and then for one brief second, Marlon Brando, the fairy godmother, is back and like pops the bubble of like the vignette camera that's That's true. I zooming. forgot. There's like a vignette circle that's zooming in on them, and Marlon Brando just shows up and like flicks it and it makes a popping sound, and the whole screen goes black. And I wrote, done. Nope. Oh no. Mm-mm. Nope. And because we have to watch this, you now get to hear about this. Because at the end, even though the episode was introduced by a cartoon elf Mm -hmm. from the sitcom, now we get a live-action puppet elf from the sitcom uh, answering what I can only hope is a fake letter. Yeah. But I worry might be real. Yeah. My notes go, oh, God, it's so much worse. Oh, God, oh, God. So he does look significantly more evil. Well, okay, and here's why. So you know how guys we were going on about how uh all of these animated elf folks have fully black sclera with little white dots as pupils or like dead gray blue or some of them have like orange or green sclera which we didn't mention but they're there I promise. Um this elf has black sclera but he has yellow orange blood demon irises with a black pupil so he looks like the demon from whatever season that was of supernatural 
oh, the yellow-eyed demon, but also with more black around it. Yeah. It looks like he's got tiny cat eyes inside bigger, just black demon eyes. It's, and they're it's... also much smaller uh-huh. than they were in the cartoon. So he's less cute, if you yeah. can even say that word. And also, because he's a three-dimensional physical object in, like, actual light, there's shadows on his face, and he just looks creepy. He looks mean and evil. It's it's terrifying. And he goes, hey there, letter lovers. Today's bag supplies us with a lovely poem by Allie Grinsberg of Connecticut. It's entitled... He says Little Allie? I couldn't even write this down. Which is very upsetting to me. I couldn't even write it down. I was just like, nope, I'm, I'm rapidly coming to the end of all the rope in the universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he goes, it's entitled Ode to the Alpha, and I'd like to read it to you. And then stops and gives stage directions and says, okay, Ringo, a little more atmosphere, please. But like literally nothing changes. There's no... Nothing changes. No, there's no music. There's no drums. There's no which, lighting. Like, it's got to be drums, right? If you're saying Ringo, nothing changes. But then he acts as though that wasn't the thing he said by himself in well, a room without anybody else. Yeah, I was expecting the lighting to change or for like mood music to come on or for the camera to do like a zoom close-up or like a soft fade or something Mm -hmm. but instead literally nothing instead this horrific puppet gives the camera what i can only describe as a sultry look which i'm not okay with he has eyelids that move it's i there's a lot of components to the puppet and it is like a marvel of puppetry like it genuinely is say like however awful it is and it is awful it is at times like operated by up to three people with one person doing like, most of the head and the mouth and like one arm and somebody doing another arm. And, like a third guy with separate controls controlling the facial movements in like synchrony. Guys, I liked the troll from The True Bride, the end of season two, mm-hmm. so much better than this. The troll whose entire head was like half their body size and who just beat Cinderella and eventually fell off of a giant tower into a hole of death and died. I liked that puppet character so much better than this. Mm. Anyway, do you have this poem? Because I don't have this poem. I have this poem every single word. Oh, great. Great. You're in for such a treat, dear listeners. And by treat, I mean terrible time. Yep. Who is this fellow, the Alfer? So winsome, so furry, so cute. What is the best thing about him? His courage? His kindness? His snoot? What is his leaning, the Alfer? Republican or Democrat? Why is he belching, the Alfer? Is he digesting a cat? Where is he going, the Alfer? What trials and travels in store? Where is he going, this Alfer? To the bathroom to make number four. See you next week. And then he puts his hand on his chest and does the heartburn like sound. And then we're then we're done. Then we are done. We're done. God is dead. There is no God. I'm not even sure there's a universe anymore. We might have we might just be in some horrible hell dimension. I just don't understand why any of the things that happened happened. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 basically it. Like 
I just don't understand why it happened in general. No. Or like to us specifically, because I feel like we're good people and we didn't deserve this. No, not not at all. I don't think we deserve this. I think I think someone owes us. And it might be me for having put this on the schedule. So Okay, but you wanted to get rid of it and I insisted we keep it in. And I insisted it stay in this season. That's a good point. Uh, we did I did try to arrange this one and be like, we'll do that one in like season seven or eight. It'll be fine. Oh my right. god. Oh my god, I brought this on myself. Technically, I think we are both culpable for this. Oh god. Anyways, the next part of our Cinderella script says that I ask you what the highs and lows are. So Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I do have a high actually. Uh-huh. I like the visual continuity of the gags. I like that they remembered things that they included earlier and continued to include them for like a second punchline that was like unexpected. And every time they did it, I like genuinely enjoyed it. So when Cinderella was scrubbing the floor and then she put her hands on her face, but she had like the mop brush still attached to her hand and was rubbing her face with it. Mm -hmm. Or like when the cash register came out of the KFC manager's mouth and then he had to kind of like shove it away in order to speak later. Mm -hmm. And then another one was when we didn't mention this earlier, but when they were going door to door with the glass shoe provided by the manager they briefly pan down to show us Gordo's legs and also the manager's legs. And he is genuinely still wearing two glass shoes. He has multiple pairs. Like this is a thing that he wears and it was a throwaway line gag, but it's also part of the visual continuity of this cartoon. And that's so funny to me and so clever. I can't believe it was in this elf cartoon. My low is the... Breath? mental trauma i experienced while watching this <laughs> dear listeners i have a confession to make i had a, a little bit of a mental breakdown during this uh, which is why i took us multiple weeks to record because i tried watching this and taking notes and it kept taking longer and longer and time just started telescoping like a fractal mm-hmm. So this this cartoon episode is 22 minutes and 30 seconds long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And while I knew that it would take me longer than that to take notes on it, because I would need to occasionally pause and write things down, I had already seen it. And then I saw it a second time with my husband because it was like, I just, I have to show you this. I can't, like, I need you to watch this. And he was like, I don't really want to. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I need you to. Like, that's too bad. And he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then he did. So I watched it twice. And I was like, I'm going to, it probably won't take me longer than an hour. But an hour into that, I realized that it was actually taking me much longer than that. And that I needed more time. And I was like, well, surely I'll be done in half an hour. And then as that came closer, I realized I had only taken notes on eight minutes of this cartoon. Jesus Christ. And I, like, (laughs) at that rate, it was going to take me two more hours to finish. And I couldn't understand why. But basically what was happening was so many things kept happening on the screen that required not just me writing down what was said, but also, like, describing the multiple things that were happening. And also, like, how I was feeling about that. And also, mm-hmm. contextually, what that was bringing to the moment, which was a lot. And I just, I, here is the text 
that I sent to Olivia before having like a genuine emotional crying breakdown. Here is the text. I've been taking notes for an hour. I'm only eight minutes in. I've already watched it twice. I don't know what's happening. I've lost all control of my life. And that sounds like a joke. And it is funny. But also that was not a joke. I had lost all control of my life. And it's directly because of the Alftale Cinderella that I spent an hour just like trying to watch this thing. And it could, my brain couldn't comprehend it. So just like all of it, all of it was the bad part. It mm-hmm. was it was bad and it hurt me and I took psychic damage from it. Yeah. So uh, what <laughs> what were your highs and lows? So uh, I'm so torn for highs because I loved the sort of batter, batter, batter moment when she just like hip checks the step family <laughs> off the screen because that was great. That was just genuinely, I loved that. But the thing that is honestly going to stick in my mind forever is that Marlon Brando was the godfather. Like, this is our 65th Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And this was so new. This was so new and just mind-blowing for me. I am astonished. Like, I I was starting to get a little bit jaded with our Cinderella movies because we've seen a lot of weird stuff happen. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead mom, ghost, yawn. Yeah, there's a lizard or a frog or whatever. Uh-huh, sure, a mermaid and someone tries to kill somebody. Whatever. Giant werewolf skin lizard thing like it's marlon brando like it's pretty wild i think that has to be my high because i'm just i am still absolutely just shook like i I guess that's my high and my low other than all, all of it i guess is the 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 weird live action bit at the end like if it had just ended yeah with marlon brando the godfather just like bloop, the little vignette scene and it was done that would have been fine that would have been like wow what an incredibly weird trip what an insane thing to happen and it would have been you know only like three fractal levels into hell <laughs> but then we go to this live action demon puppet cat eating poop joke that goes on forever mm-hmm. and i'm it just out of nowhere with no context nothing to do with a cinderella visually nothing like anything we've just watched except for so much more horrible it was it was the worst random thing that's ever been tacked on to a cinderella and that includes the time that the prince turned into a werewolf and then died yeah so what would you change about this movie i don't know like what I could possibly do to make this better because it's just like the problem that I have with it is just holistic and I actually think if I take my personal reaction to it out of the equation I think it is weirdly solid because it does hit all of the story beats of a Cinderella like really well it has thought out its premise really well for me the problem is Alf like if if this was the same script for the Cinderella and it was still like an Elvis guy and it was still like a 1960s kind of thing and just zero Alf. I would have really liked it. Like, I think I would have really, really liked it. So yeah, that's what I would change. I would just have the script not be given to the Alf Mm. cartoon Mm -hmm. and I would have it just be like a different cartoon 
in which they weren't alien puppet cartoon people. Ah. How about you? How the tables have turned. Which one of us is species is now, Talon? <laughs> Talon you can't say that if your position is that they're not real. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. What would I change about this movie? I agree with you that weirdly it was solid as a movie. I think we can all agree that just that last real life puppet thing should never have happened. Yeah. Weirdly, the father was such a, I mean, he was horrible, but he was so weirdly out of it that I didn't find him. Like I hated him with all my heart and soul, but he was not as upsetting as some because his response to like, they're tormenting me and stealing from me was, well, be sure to floss twice a day. Like he was just on such his own planet. So what I would change is the fact that they have her in hair curlers because that was just really jarring for me. Oh my God. Out of everything, that's what you would change. Out of everything, that's what I you would watched, change. You watched the Alfkale Cinderella? I didn't. And you were like, you know what? Zero notes other than the curlers. No, I have a thousand notes. But if I could change one thing about this movie that would make a difference to me other than getting rid of the live action part. This power is wasted on you. I mean, yes, it is. So <laughs> I think we've okay. all, I think we've both known forever that I am not to be trusted with any kind of power. Like I just, it doesn't go well. I make bad <laughs> decisions. I don't make good decisions. Both of those things together, they're not the same thing. So no one should watch this. Please tell me you don't disagree with me. I think it's fine to watch this. Just don't try to take notes on it. Oh my god. No, you guys, Talon is lying to you. Talon wants you to suffer as we have suffered. Don't watch this. Just like, don't. Genuinely, it is such a bizarre experience. Like, I'm not saying you're gonna have a good time, but you will have an experience that you have not had before. And if you're a person who enjoys that, watch this. It's weird. Like, it is as weird as we're saying it is. It is a weird movie. If you are in the mood for something bad and weird, you will have it. Oh man, this would be a great movie to put on my like, I bring my friends over and make them take a lot of adult substances and then have them watch a terrible movie. This would be a really good one for that. There you go. I don't know why people are friends with me, to be perfectly honest. Anyways. So I take it you're not going to be watching this again. Not unless I have a bunch of very inebriated adult friends with me. So in all likelihood, no, maybe once more uh-huh, uh-huh. in my life, but only to torture my friends. So final grade for the movie. In terms of my personal experience, it is a double F. This movie was bad for me, but like on a more reasonable scale, I will give this movie a D plus. It is doing something. I do not like it, but it is like, it, like it's going for something. I I can see that somebody made this because this is what they like. I don't understand why. Like, I do believe that this is like somebody's art. Okay. How about you? I'm giving this the lowest possible D minus. Like D (laughs) minus and a letter home to your parents. Like a note pinned to your shirt. Like the lowest possible D you can have and not have an F. Because... The Marlon Brando thing was just, it's entirely because Marlon Brando was in this. Like that's, that is the only thing saving this from absolutely double Fs. 
that was just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. But no, the, everything was Alf. Terrible. The stepsisters were awful, like for so many reasons. Uh, terrible. The father was alive. No, thank you. The voices were screechy and horrible and awful. There's a terrible, weird, narcissistic Elvis prince. Alf. Hate it. Don't like it. Everything about this was terrible, other than Marlon Brando showing up for like three brief shining moments to just absolutely ruin my life, which I loved. So <laughs> lowest possible D minus. And we I, I want to be done with this episode because I have so many adult questions to ask you about this. Okay. Okay. And then I want to never ever talk about this movie again for as long as I live. I love that idea. So you guys, it's almost midnight. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> if you like this episode because you enjoy hearing people in pain, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at the Cinderella Podcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbity-bobbity bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, Join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod, and you can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we uh, following this one up with? Well, we're not watching ALF again, that's for sure. So we're, we're definitely not watching ALF. That cannot be the bar we're aiming for. Look, you take wins where you get them, okay? <laughs> what we'll actually be watching is we are going back to our made-for-TV uh, German Cinderella's. So this is Aschenputtel, made in 2010. There were a couple of made-for-TV Aschenputtels made in like 2009, 2010, 2011. This is one of them. I have this in my notes as the one with the good subtitles. So like, I don't know which one this is, um, but I, I don't I don't care because uh, there's not going to be an ALF in it. So I'm, I'm already delighted. You know what? I'm looking forward to watching a Cinderella that's not going to have an ALF in it. Yeah, yeah, no. A thousand percent. That's what I call a happily ever after. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>